let everyone in. Robin. Robin. Good morning, church. Welcome home. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> great to be with you today. Uh, welcome to Church in the Marketplace. My name is Peter. It's my great joy to serve here as the Minister of the Word here in this community of faith uh, alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ here in the heart of Bondi Junction. A special welcome to those of you watching from home as well via the live stream. We hope that you can uh, find your way to be with us here in person or indeed to be in person, to be worshipping in person with a church near you sometime very, very soon. This morning I'm very excited to be uh, talking uh, on, a, on a, a very, well, a famous, one of Jesus' most famous sayings, one of a very famous interaction that Jesus had with the religious establishment of his day, where he famously says that, well, we need to render unto Caesar or give to Caesar what is Caesar, but to give to God what is God. They were trying to trap him. They were trying to do away with him, but Jesus cleverly evades their trap whilst at the same time springing both sides of them and putting his foot in it for both sides of the equation, offending everybody and in the process really challenging all of our loyalties, really challenging us still today about where our ultimate allegiances really lie. Church, let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you that we can gather here in this place, free from fear of persecution. Father, we say thank you that we can gather here freely and sing your praises. We can gather around your word. We can gather around your table today in celebration of your graciousness to us. Father, we declare that you are welcome in this place. Come and move through us this morning, we pray. By your Holy Spirit, make yourself known to us. We pray that you might use this time for your glory to build us up in you, Father. Have your way amongst us this morning. Grow your church. Equip your church for mission this coming week. In Jesus' name. All the people said, let's uh, stand and sing of God's amazing grace. Any lyrics? Let's try again. Nobody knew what we were doing, Hannah. So let's uh, let's bring them with us this time. Breathless in awe and wonder, the King of Glory, the King. 
Church, let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we do indeed sing of all that you have done for us, that you laid down your life, that we would be set free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your amazing grace to us. We pray that we might be emboldened this week to go out and to live out your grace, to be bearers of your grace to all we encounter. May your amazing grace be evident in us, we pray in Jesus' name. All the people said... Amen. Let's uh, sing that here we are to worship. Remember, worship is not simply singing. What we're doing here is worship, but worship is so much more than just music. Worship is actually giving of ourselves, giving our lives, not just on a Sunday, but Monday to Friday, wherever he may place us. Let's declare to God that we are his, we are here to worship him. Let's sing.
Father, you are altogether lovely, altogether worthy. I will never know what it costs to see my sin upon that cross. All of my filth and muck, all of my missteps, all the times that I've wounded those close to me, all the times that I've grieved you, Father, when I've hurt myself through reckless, careless, hurtful thoughts, words and deeds. We leave it all at the foot of the cross, knowing that it has been dealt with, the price has been paid once and for all by Jesus at the cross of Calvary. Thank you, Lord. We leave our sin and shame with you, knowing, Father, that it has been atoned for, that we are free, we are reconciled. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all that you have done for us at the cross of Christ. In Jesus' name, the people said, please take a seat. All right, it's great to see so uh, many of the saints here this morning. I'm going to be uh, mixing things up a little bit this morning, so please uh, can I encourage uh, you young people can head up to, uh, to Kids Club, uh, to head up to Crèche. I believe you're actually in the process of getting ready for uh, Christmas Kids Club Christmas concert, so I hope you guys have a wonderful time in Kids Club. You adults, you can uh, grab a Bible, uh, you can open up your iPhone, your iPad. We're in Matthew chapter 22 today. Uh, we are looking at a very famous passage uh, of Jesus uh, confronting uh, yet again uh, the religious leaders of his day. This is Jesus having yet another showdown uh, with the authorities. Have a look at, uh, at Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through to 22. We do need to keep rolling today as we're, uh, we're going to celebrate some communion. So uh, this is uh, one of Jesus' most famous sayings, one of his most famous showdowns, one of his most famous confrontations uh, with the religious leaders of his day, with the authorities of of his own day. Uh, This is Jesus famously saying, to render unto Caesar what is Caesar, but to give to God what is God's, depending on which translation uh, you you are reading. The enemies come together. Some unlikely bedfellows this morning come together and try to trap Jesus try to trick him with a trick question, with a question that they think is going to get him into trouble no matter which way he answers, that they can therefore do away with him for good. But Jesus turns their question about taxation and money into something far bigger than just taxes and and money. He actually challenges us about how we're going to use not simply our money but our our very lives, where where our loyalties truly lay. So I going to encourage you to open up your Bibles to Matthew uh, 22. Uh, it might be on screen, I believe. <clears throat> a bit hoarse already this morning. Matthew 22, verses 15 through to, to 22, uh, says this. And the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. We've got the Pharisees and the Herodians coming together. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay taxes, the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites! Why are you trying to trap me? 
Show me the coin for paying the tax. They bought him a denarius, and he asked them, whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. He said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. Church, let's pray. Loving Lord, we pray that you will reveal yourself to us through this scripture, this very familiar passage of scripture. We pray you might help to see something new, something perhaps that we hadn't seen before, to be challenged afresh by it, Lord. May my words be your words. May I decrease and you increase in all that is said and in all that is heard. And all the people said, Amen. Well, the scene has been set. It's a trap. It's a question about taxes, but Jesus really opens up the question. What is happening here is the Pharisees and the Herodians are coming together. Now, what you need to understand here is that these are extremely unlikely bedfellows. These are two groups within Jewish community at the opposite ends of the spectrum. This is a little bit like the Greens and One Nation teaming up to get rid of a common thorn in their side. Now, I don't know about you, but I reckon for the Greens and Pauline to team up, it'd have to be a pretty big thorn in their side, wouldn't it? That's exactly what we've got going on here with Jesus. They're coming together to try to, to trap him. They're having a, a showdown with this, with this trick question. It's, it's a trick question that they've devised in order to, to get rid of Jesus. They think that no matter what he answers, that they're going to be able to spring a trap and and get rid of him. They're asking him about whether or not it is okay to pay this, this temple tax. It's a, it is, it is a, a tax that good God-fearing Jews like the Pharisees despised. The Pharisees, well, they were a very holy sect. They were a sort of Jewish, what you might call Jewish Puritans. They, they, they wanted Jewish theocracy to be returned. They would love it if the Romans could be kicked out and a return to Jewish theocracy, a return to Jewish purit, purit, puritanical sort of rule and laws. They hated the fact that these Roman overlords were here occupying their territory and imposing all of their ridiculous foreign laws and taxes with their pagan gods. On the other hand, they've teamed up with the Herodians. Now, as the name suggests, they were followers of Herod, who was a puppet king, a vessel king of the Romans. So the Romans would set up, when they conquered a territory, they would set up a puppet king to try to control the local, the local population. So the Herodians were all for Roman taxation. They were all for cozying up to the Romans in order to garner some sort of support for themselves, to try to sort of cozy up to the ruling empire and thereby sort of maybe try to worm their way into the good books and enrich themselves. So the Herodians and the Pharisees despised each other. The Herodians were sellouts to the, to the Puritanical, to, to, the, to the Pharisees who, who wanted Jewish rule once again. But they've come together to try to, to get rid of, of Jesus. What you need to understand about the context here also is that Jesus has just cleansed the temple. He's made a whip. And Jesus is most rebellious. One of my uh, favourite episodes in all of the scriptures, Jesus with a righteous anger, driving out the money changers. Quite a rebellious act. Quite a finger in the eye of the authorities of the day. And so that episode has given rise to a broader question. It's not really so much a question about taxation. What they really want to know is, Jesus, are you a revolutionary? You've just driven out the money chains out of the temple. Jesus, are you a, a revolutionary? Because what, is, what they think is going to happen here is if Jesus says, yes, you should pay this tax. And by the way, I've got a picture of a denarius. This tax actually had to be paid in Roman coinage. The Romans levied many taxes on the Jewish people. Of course, no one likes getting taxed, but this was particularly egregious. So this tax had to be paid in a denarius. It was a day's worth of work. So it was a day's wage for a working person. And what was particular about this particular coin, it had to be paid in Roman coinage bearing the image of Tiberius Caesar. The inscription reads that he is the son of Augustus, the divine Augustus. 
It is uh, Tiberius claiming divinity, claiming in fact to be a god. Blasphemy. This is blasphemy for a good Jew. On the other side, it said uh, uh, Pontiff Maximus, he's the great high priest. He's, he's a priest. He's representing God. This is, this is blasphemy if you are a good Jew. They, they hated paying it. You didn't have to be a Pharisee to hate paying this tax that was, in effect, you're taking part in idolatry. Broke the command about graven images. And so they thought if Jesus said, yes, pay the tax, well, then they could turn the crowds against him. They could try to, try to gin up support and popular revolution, get rid of this upstart. However, if he said, no, don't pay, if he said, don't pay the tax, uh, then they could turn the Romans against him. And the Herodians would charge him with sedition. By saying, don't pay the tax, he would, in fact, be calling for a revolution. So they think Jesus is caught on the horns of a dilemma. A few years prior, a man named Judas the Galilean, there'd been plenty of upstart revolutionaries, by the way, wondering if Jesus was the one to finally bring about a successful revolution. A man called Judas the Galilean, a few years earlier, had led an upstart rebelling against temple tax. Well, it didn't go well. The Romans caught him and, and killed him. So I want to know about Jesus. Are you a similar sort of revolutionary? Who are you? Are you, a, are you genuinely with us or are you a pretender? Are you a fake, a fraud? or Are you a, a, a sellout? Are you really going to go with us in this revolution? So it's a trick question with a bit of a sting in the tail. It's more than just about taxation. They want to know, is Jesus really going to bring about a, a revolution and set the people free? And if they could get rid of him, well, that was all the more joy for both sides of the equation here. But Jesus does as he always does. He, he evades their trap. He, in a way, he evades their trap. But in actual case, in this instance, a little bit different, he's actually happy to step on both of the landmines that they've set for him. He says, bring me a coin, which is the first thing to notice here. Notice Jesus doesn't even have the coin on him. What sort of a king is this? A king without a coin. He didn't have the denarius on him. Notice also that they did. This is particularly hypocritical for the good Pharisees. For the Pharisees who raged against his taxation, raged against his idolatry. Like, yeah, I've, I've got a coin. So Jesus has exposed their hypocrisy to start off with. They bring him the coin. And he famously says, Who's, whose coin is this? Whose Whose image is this? I have to reply, sort of shuffle. You can imagine sort of looking down at their feet and shuffling about and, and confessing, yeah, well, yes, it's, 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 it's Caesar. And he famously responds, well, then give back to Caesar what is Caesar, but give to God what is God's. This is a, a revolutionary response from Jesus. He asked them, whose image is this on the coin? I have to admit, this is, this is Caesar's coin. He minted it out of his own wealth. This belongs to Caesar. Caesar actually printed, minted this coin. Unlike the Caesars of today, by the way, who just invent money out of thin air by the billion, thus effectively stealing from you and I, at least Caesar was honest enough to actually print some real silver and to distribute it. So he says, return to Caesar what is Caesar's, but to give to God what is God. He uses the word image here, and that is, is key here. He also changes the verb when he says return or give back. To give back, in the, it doesn't come through in the English, but in the original Greek, the word means to, to give someone what they're owed, right? To, to give what is due to them. Give back to the person what you owe them. By using this word image as well, he says, this belongs to Caesar. So he's saying, you know what? I'm not the sort of revolutionary whereby I need to rebel against every sort of rule and regulation and taxation. Give, give it to Caesar. Give, give it back to Caesar. 
But then he does spark another sort of a revolution, doesn't he, by saying, but give to God what is God's. And what, what, is, what is God's? What, in fact, bears God's image in this equation? It's me and you. We each bear God's image. We each are God's because we are made in his image. A Genesis is, is very, very clear about that. Jesus is saying, yes, render unto Caesar. Give Caesar back his, his God. Give, give him what is due. But don't you dare give to Caesar your very self. You don't owe Caesar that at all. This is Jesus being a revolutionary in the fact that it is, in fact, the first kind of someone putting forward a concept of what we know as, as, as limited government. You see, up until this point in time, Everyone on the face of the earth just assumed the kings, the Caesars, the powerful, the mighty, the rulers were there by divine decree that God had put them there, that they claimed the rights of God, and therefore you should just obey. They claimed that God, I, I'm here by God's will, and in the case of Caesar, not only claimed to be here by God's will, but actually, in fact, claimed to be God. So obey. Obey, you serf, you peasant, you pleb. Know your place. These days we might say, know your place, you humble, petty consumer. Don't rebel. Just don't rock the boat. Know your place. But Jesus is saying, you know what? There's some things that we don't owe Caesar. There is, in fact, a higher authority than even Caesar. This is Jesus on one hand saying, I'm not the sort of revolutionary that you're looking for. I'm not the sort of revolutionary that's going to lead an armed rebellion like Judas the Galilean. But I am going to lead another, perhaps more profound sort of rebellion. I'm going to lead a rebellion that can't be put down. They captured Judas the Galilean, put him to death, and that was the end of, of his rebellion. That sort of a rebellion can easily be put down and put to death by the leader of the rebellion. But in Jesus' case, well, killing him and putting him down only sparked the rebellion. Amen? That day at the cross of Calvary, they thought they'd wipe their hands of this upstart. They thought they'd put down the rebellion, didn't they? But it was only the start of the rebellion. Three days later, Jesus led a revolution against sin and death itself. Amen? Can I get an hallelujah? Viva la revolution. Jesus brought about a revolution against death, the grave itself. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Pay your taxes. The Jewish Christian community has always sought to obey the earthly authorities, that Romans 13, by the way, is very clear that, yes, God has put in charge. Followers of Jesus have always sought to be good citizens. We worship a God of order and we seek a society that is built on good order. We, we indeed pay our taxes. We indeed obey a police officer's instruction. Yet we also acknowledge that we do so because we acknowledge a higher authority. And doing so has also come on the understanding that as soon as those authorities' rules and laws come into conflict with God's rules and laws, we no longer owe them our allegiance. What do we actually owe Caesar? Well, if Caesar is stepping on people's human rights, if, if Caesar, in whatever form he or she may, may take, is, is instituting laws that is harmful to his precious creation, that is you and I, then don't we at that stage owe him a little bit of pushback? Don't we owe him a little bit of rebellion at that point? So Jesus is giving a revolutionary answer that in a way actually offends both sides. Yes, pay your taxes, but no, do not. Give Caesar your ultimate allegiance. Do not let him get away with claiming ultimate authority over your life. The only person who deserves that sort of loyalty in your life is Jesus himself. 
This is a revolution against revolutions, if you will. If you know your history, you'll know that human revolutions, seeking to shift power from this human to this human, only ever ends in disaster. Think of the French Revolution, if you know your history, the terrible terrors that followed as a result, the guillotine in every French town and city, terrors. Think of the Russian Revolution, where a new form of, of Caesar sought to grab every piece of private property for themselves. Millions starved. The Chinese Revolution, the greatest revolution of them all in terms of the cost of human life. Tens of millions of people starving. This is the result when men, and let's be honest, fellas, it is almost always men that seek to grab power for themselves, take power from that person and simply add it into another, in the form of another human being. It ends in misery and tears. Jesus calls for a different type of revolution, a revolution that can't be put down, that can't be killed off through power and might. It's a revolution that starts in the heart. It's a revolution that brings about justice and righteousness. And it's not just about a human, it's not just in your human heart. Immanuel Kant and the great sort of enlightenment thinkers have tried to keep our faith private. They've been very successful, by the way, in modern Australian society, modern Western society in limiting religion. Keep your faith to yourself. Keep it in that building on a Sunday morning. Will you? Don't take it out into the public sphere. Keep your, keep your faith to yourself. We don't actually want it impacting how people live. If that's you, friend, can I encourage you to get a, a bigger, deeper, more revolutionary faith? Your faith should impact your politics. Your faith should impact your spending habits. Your faith should impact every part of your life. Don't let your faith be put away in a nice, neat little private box. I see it all the time when I conduct funerals for them. You know, most Aussies have some sort of a, a grandparent that was a good Methodist or a good Presbyterian. I can't remember the number of funerals that I've done. They say, Grandpa, Grandpa had a faith. That's why they've come to me as a minister. They want a religious funeral. But Grandpa didn't talk about his faith very much. He had a faith, but he was, kept it to himself. Is that really a faith at all? Are you going to keep it to yourself? Jesus is calling for a revolution. Jesus is demanding ultimate allegiance in your life. So yes, acknowledge the authorities that God has placed over you, but don't you dare give them your ultimate allegiance. Don't you dare give them your heart. Don't you dare give them your life. Jesus himself demands to be number one in your life. Jesus himself wants to have you as part of his revolution that changes not only your heart, but changes your life and indeed changes the world. Follow this king without a coin, without any palace, without any army, but which revolutionized the world, a billion followers plus and counting. Friend, join his revolution in every part of your life today. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that we might join the revolution. We pray that we might be able to submit ourselves in every part of our life, to seek more of you, to say, yes, Lord, have sovereignty, have lordship over, yes, my taxes, yes, my money, but more than that. Come and have sovereignty, come and have lordship, come and be king, be Caesar, be the boss of my life over every fibre of my being. Help me to bring about a revolution in society where every tear is wiped from the eye. No more crying, no more pain. No more suffering, no more death. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And all the people said, Amen. We're going to stand and sing as we approach the communion table. We're going to sing, Yet not I, but through Christ in me. It's a confession, an admission that, that I don't have the power to bring about revolution and change in this world. I can only act as God empowers me. Let's stand and sing.
You know this one, an old Hillsong one from the 90s, yeah? I think this one, uh, it's, a, it's a cry that we want Jesus to, to have our heart, to have our, our very lives. Thanks, Hannah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we're singing uh, This Is My Desire. That's what we started on. Do <laughs> you should know that. My friends, my brothers and sisters in, in Christ, this is, a, this is a celebration of God's grace. That ultimately is what this meal is all about. We're celebrating God's graciousness uh, towards us. And thus, all people are welcome here. Everyone is, is welcome to come and participate in this meal. I'm going to, um, 
Is our screen working today, James? We're going to uh, say the Lord's Prayer, recite the Lord's Prayer uh, today at the appropriate time. So I invite you to join me uh, as I lead into it. We have some gluten-free elements available for those who, who would like them. Uh, you'll be served at the front by myself and by an elder. Uh, just a bit of housekeeping. It might be helpful if you come down the centre aisle row by row and, and then head out along the sides and back to your seat uh, via the side aisles. Uh, please take the elements and, and eat and receive them here at the front and you can uh, leave the, 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 the cup uh, down on the stage or in a basket here. Leave them down here at the front uh, and then uh, return to your seat. If you want to just pause and take a moment, that's perfectly fine. Please uh, feel free uh, to do so. But please know that this is a, a joyful feast, my brothers and sisters in Christ, for all who seek to lead a, a revolutionary life, following Jesus as the Lord of their life. This is a banquet for all who seek life abundant, not by chasing after the temporal things of this world, but by submitting to King Jesus, finding eternal purpose and meaning by submitting to his good, perfect, pleasing will in your life, yielding yourself, surrendering, submitting every part of your life to him. So friends, come. Not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Come, not because of any goodness of your own, but because you need mercy and help. Come because you love the Lord but a little and would like to love him more. Come simply because he loves you and gave himself for you. Friends, let's pray. Loving Lord, it is indeed right to give you our thanks and praise. For you love justice. You strengthen the upright. You are the true and living God who created all things and whose voice sets the earth shaking. You rescued a people from slavery in Egypt. You promised your presence to go with them and through your prophets you made known your justice. In your child Jesus, who you came among us in person, in the flesh, teaching us your ways with sincerity and truth. In him we have learned to give to you all that is yours the work of faith, the labour of love, a steadfast hope. And though his enemies put him to death, you raised him up from the dead in a, the greatest revolutionary act of all time. And through him and by your Holy Spirit, you've brought us true and lasting freedom from earthly bondages of suffering, sin and death. So, Father, pour your Holy Spirit afresh upon ourselves, upon these gifts of bread and wine, that they may truly be for us the body and the blood of Christ, his life living in and through us day by day. And so, being confident of your gracious provision in all times, in all circumstances, so too we are confident to pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us to the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Well, church, you know the story. You know how on that fateful night, the night that Jesus was betrayed, he sat at that upper room with his friends, with his disciples. He took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. So too, when supper had finished, he took the cup and again, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. He said, this is my, my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. He said, to do this in remembrance of me. The bread we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup we take is a sharing in the blood of Christ. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. So come.
All is prepared.
Loving Lord, we say thank you for your boundless hospitality here from your table. Father, we say thank you for these, these elements that will strengthen us today, the next day, and for many to come. Father, we pray that this meal may indeed strengthen us to be your servants, to be your revolutionary agents of reconciliation in this broken and hurting world. We look forward to that day as we go and look forward to Jesus coming again and all people, every tribe, every tongue, eating and drinking alongside you in your heavenly glory. And all the people said... Let's, uh, let's stand and sing, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. Again, it is a song that talks about how we don't seek our own glory, uh, but God. Let's stand and sing. Keep it going. <laughs> What gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? Is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom. My steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. Now, beautiful church. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. For my life is only bound to Him. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing. All is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me. the rain. 
Still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. When the race, when the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Amen and amen. You're in fine voice this morning, church. Before we head out, please know that you are most welcome to stay and have some prayer. If you'd like some prayer ministry for anything that is on your heart at the moment, please make yourself known. An elder will come and pray for you this morning. If you have tithes and offerings, you can do so electronically or via the box up the back. You can also pop in that box up the back if you're a regular, our gift sheet. If you haven't yet filled in now, our sheet whereby we're seeing to, we're trying to find out what your gifts are, where you want to serve, um, please do so. Um, it's a good day for tennis, I think not. We might put off the tennis and picnic till uh, another time that we had planned for today. Um, please um, purchase your tickets to the Light Society, uh, the Light Society uh, dinner uh, on Saturday the 11th of November. I've got some very good news. Uh, your money is going directly to the people most in need as a congregation, we've donated uh, $35,000 and the land has been purchased. So the first step has been made and done. The land is now uh, in, the, in, the, in the ownership of Light Society to provide shelter, to provide meals for India's most vulnerable uh, in that part of the world. So if you want to come along and be a part of that, please um, see James or Shirley and purchase your ticket uh, for a wonderful, going to be a wonderful fundraising dinner, a trivia uh, and some sale items, um, some Indian food, not too spicy. So please uh, come along and purchase your tickets uh, this morning as you go. Please also know that we're going to be gathering for Thanksgiving uh, on the 2nd of December. Um, please let Nurit uh, know if you're keen to come. You can also uh, book online, I think, or register your interest via Facebook as well. But let's uh, stand and sing our closing song. Uh, we're going to sing How Great Thou Art. Oh, 
bearing with me today in my cowboy cords. Uh, friends, go out this week, a revolutionary people, seeking more of Jesus to rule in your life and in the world around us. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Amen.